No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we'll see where King Jeroboam fears losing the people as they worship in Jerusalem. So he makes two gold calves, declaring them to be the gods who brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 1 Kings chapter 12 on Simply the Bible. Fear is a natural emotion, but it can lead a person to do foolish things. There is a healthy fear, however, that can keep us from making fatal errors. While Solomon was still alive, God had sent the prophet Ahijah to tell Jeroboam that he would reign over ten tribes of Israel. Then everything happened, just as the Lord said. The people of Israel made Jeroboam king. We continue in 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 25. Then Jeroboam built Shechem in the mountains of Ephraim and dwelt there. Also he went out from there and built Penuel. And Jeroboam said in his heart, Now the kingdom may return to the house of David. If these people go up to offer sacrifices in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then the heart of this people will turn back to their lord Rehoboam, king of Judah, and they will kill me and go back to Rehoboam, king of Judah. Now, the problem was that Jeroboam was reasoning with himself in his own heart. Whenever we do that, we easily get ourselves into trouble. Do you know why? Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Putting it simply, we can't trust ourselves. Human reasoning is faulty. Jeroboam was motivated by his fear. He was afraid that the people of Israel would revolt against him as king and even kill him if they went to Jerusalem to worship. But who established him as king? Wasn't it the Lord? And couldn't the Lord take care of him? It was God's will to divide the kingdom politically, but not spiritually. Human fear, while a legitimate emotion, can lead us to do some very foolish things. Therefore, the king asked advice, made two calves of gold, and said to the people, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Here are your gods, O Israel, which brought you up from the land of Egypt. And he set one in Bethel, and the other he put in Dan. And this thing became a sin, for the people went to worship before the one as far as Dan. He made shrines on the high places and made priests from every class of people who were not the sons of Levi. Jeroboam asked for advice, presumably from his advisors, but he didn't inquire of the Lord. But how could he ask the Lord if it was okay for him to do something contrary to God's word? God will never depart from his word, and God made it clear that there was only one place where he was to be worshipped, the temple in Jerusalem. As Jeroboam made his appeal to the people of Israel, he said, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. 
In other words, it's inconvenient. So why not worship the Lord nearby? It seems that Satan is always offering an easier way, a shortcut. He showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and said, I will give all these to you if you will bow down and worship me. The devil offered an easier way than the cross. Beware when the way of the Lord seems too hard for you and an easier way suddenly presents itself. Jeroboam's great sin was setting up two golden calves on the southern and northern ends of his kingdom. Now, does that sound familiar? Didn't the children of Israel do the same thing at Mount Sinai? And the nation nearly perished as a result. Jeroboam said, These are your gods who brought you out of Egypt. He was touting them not so much as replacements for Yahweh, but as representations. But the Lord specifically said in the Ten Commandments, You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. God was saying you cannot carve any image that is in any way going to represent me. Now, recently we traveled to Israel to Tel Dan in the north, where we saw this large square altar built by Jeroboam still standing today. It's a reminder to the deception of convenience. God also specified in the law that the priests must come from the tribe of Levi, but Jeroboam said that anybody could be a priest. In these ways, Jeroboam corrupted the pure worship of the Lord, and this was a grievous sin for which he would always be remembered. Jeroboam ordained a feast on the 15th day of the eighth month, like the feast that was in Judah, and offered sacrifices on the altar. So he did at Bethel, sacrificing to the calves that he had made. And at Bethel he installed the priests of the high places which he had made. So he made offerings on the altar which he had made at Bethel on the fifteenth day of the eighth month, in the month which he had devised in his own heart. And he ordained a feast for the children of Israel and offered sacrifices on the altar and burned incense. Since Jeroboam was creating his own gods to be worshipped in his own shrines, well, why not create his own feast to go with this new and improved worship? He made this autumn feast to rival the Feast of Tabernacles, but he did it at the time he devised in his own heart. And behold, a man of God went from Judah to Bethel by the word of the Lord, and Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. Then he cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord, behold, a child, Josiah by name, shall be born to the house of David, and on you he shall sacrifice the priests of the high places who burn incense on you, and men's bones shall be burned on you. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Surely the altar shall split apart, and the ashes on it shall be poured out. 
The Lord sent this man of God who is unnamed in Scripture. And the first thing he does is to prophesy against the altar. Now, usually prophets speak to people, but sometimes they prophesy to inanimate objects. Ezekiel was told to prophesy to the mountains of Israel. This altar was a great stumbling block to the nation of Israel. Therefore, the man of God prophesied against the altar. Anytime someone offers a way to God other than through faith in Jesus Christ, you can know that it will cause people to stumble. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. God hates alternative paths because if there was any way to God other than through faith in Jesus Christ, then Christ died on the cross in vain. This prophet predicted that a descendant of David named Josiah would burn the bones of the priest who sacrificed on this altar, thus desecrating it. This was, in fact, fulfilled by King Josiah of Judah over 350 years later. To prove to Jeroboam that the man was a legitimate prophet and that all these things would happen, God would give a sign the altar would split in two and the ashes would fall out. So it came to pass when King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God who cried out against the altar in Bethel that he stretched out his hand from the altar saying, Arrest him! And his hand, which he stretched out toward him, withered so that he could not pull it back to himself. The altar also was split apart and the ashes poured out from the altar according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. We see Jeroboam's arrogance displayed in his order to arrest the man of God. He didn't even wait to see if the predicted sign came true. Imagine his shock when suddenly his arm was paralyzed and he couldn't pull it back. Miracle number one. Then the altar split apart, dumping the ashes onto the ground, just as the prophet had said. Miracle number two. Then the king answered and said to the man of God, Please entreat the favor of the Lord your God and pray for me, that my hand may be restored to me. So the man of God entreated the Lord, and the king's hand was restored to him and became as before. No doubt Jeroboam was freaked out. He asked the man of God to pray for him so that the use of his hand would be restored. Now, what would you have done if you were the man of God? He bore no malice toward the king. He prayed and the king's hand was restored. Miracle number three. Now, if you were King Jeroboam, don't you think that these three miracles would get your attention and at least make you stop and consider whether you were doing the right thing? Then the king said to the man of God, Come home with me and refresh yourself, and I will give you a reward. But the man of God said to the king, If you were to give me half your house, I would not go in with you, nor would I eat bread nor drink water in this place for so it was commanded me by the word of the Lord, saying, You shall not eat bread, nor drink water, nor return by the same way you came. So he went another way and did not return by the way he came, 
to Bethel. The king's offer sounds generous, but really, what was his motive? He made no effort to destroy the altar. Instead, he invited the man of God to come home and eat with him. But the man of God would not be dissuaded. The Lord had told him not to eat bread nor drink water on this trip and then to go home by a different way than he came. So he refused to go with Jeroboam. Jeroboam feared man, but not God. This prophet feared God, but not man. Jeroboam turned from the word of the Lord. This prophet refused to turn from the word of the Lord. These were two completely different reactions to God and his word. Proverbs 29.25 says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Fearing man will lead us astray, but fearing God will keep us on the right path. In fact, if we fear God by keeping his commandments, then we need not fear anyone or anything else. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where an old prophet deceives the man of God. It's a painful story about what can happen if we listen to people rather than God. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 1 Kings on Simply the Bible.